Last week, if you were hearing our message, this live service every Sunday, I was talking about the, the book of Sardis, Revelation 3, verse 1 to 6. A church of Sardis. And, uh, and this was the word of God spoke to, to Sardis. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars of God and a seven spirit. I mentioned those seven stars, talking about the seven churches. Maybe other nature of seven spirit, I don't know. But seven stars, it's talking about, it symbolized the seven churches and the seven spirit of God also. And mentioned is the book of Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 5. You can read it when you have a time. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but yet you are dead. You know, I was thinking about last, last week. I just reminded you again last week. So beautiful. This church of Sardis. Everybody, you know, everyone has done the beautiful food action, activity, program, plan, and everything. So everyone was so excited. Amen. But imagine when you come to church and God said to you, uh, uh, sorry, Abraham, I tell you what, I know your teach. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. <laughs> God said, you are dead. It's not talking about the natural death. It's talking about our spiritual life. God checks from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. Our absolutely life is absolutely empty. No spirit. Our spiritual life is absolutely dead. There's no more hunger, no more desire, no more passion about who God is. We are not allowed the Holy Spirit in our heart to move. That is the, the failure of this church. They're so excited, good of doing things, action it. But when Jesus checked their spiritual walking, it's absolutely dead. The same as you and I this morning. You know, you, I, I'm not, I, I do not know what happened in your life. Only God knows. He will check our life individually, whether we will still stand in faith or not. If you're not, this morning, beautiful is going to come to life again. Open your heart to Jesus again. Hallelujah. Wake up. This is what he said last week. Mount Refugees, wake up. I already talked about leadership on Friday. It's a time for us to wake up. Make sure that your life are always in line with God's word every day. Not just Sunday. It's good to meditate on God's word. Sometimes we just go to church, pick our Bible on Sunday. After the service, you just put it in a cupboard, you just pick it up on the next service. But I really encourage you because this is our life. The word of God, this is the only thing that will strengthen us and keep us going. Keep us moving, keep us action. The word, and bring life and bring miracle, restoration, bring healing, reconciliation through the word. Apostle Paul was emphasized this his word, it's more powerful than a two-edged sword. It went through and penetrated the innermost being of our life through the word of God, nothing else. Through the word of God and through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So those two are working together in life, man. You will be amazing. Wake up.
When he said that word, wake up, which means we are sleeping inside the church. I really encourage you this morning, if you are sleeping, when you talk about sleeping, you're not activating your, your, your faith in the word. You're not picking up the word again. If you don't read the word, you are sleeping. If you don't fast, you are sleeping. If you don't pray, pray, you are sleeping. Actually, you are sleeping. I'm talking about myself as well. So it's a, it's a beautiful word for any one of us. If you want to be activated with the God's word, that's a word for you and I. Faith without action, it's absolutely dead, you know, the man James said. No matter how many years you talk about faith, 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 Yahoo, if you don't put those words into action, it's absolutely dead. Amen? Look at the story of Abraham. Not me. Abraham is already gone with the Lord. This is just a small Abraham. But this guy heard the word. When he heard the word, he picked up his family. He didn't just sit there. God said, get up and go where I show you. He picked up himself. Did everything in line and then walk. While he was walking, and God said, oh, well, you're going to give your son to make a sacrifice for me. Look at how the word of faith makes. He stood up, make everything on a donkey. He walked with your son. And God said, I'm going to show you the mountain, Moriah. Uh, sorry, I'm going to go and make a sacrifice to the Mount Moriah. He didn't even say anything, I'm going to show you. He didn't. He said, go to the Mount Moriah and sacrifice your son for me. He picked up the woods and everything and the, the donkey with the family. And when he reached the top of the mountain, he said, this is what he said. Those the seven, you stay here, you guys. Me and the boy will go up to worship the Lord. And what? Coming back. That's faith. Why did he walk to the, toward that mountain? Faith. He heard the word and he actioned the word. So he went through that journey with Isaac. Down the bottom of the mountain, he said, you guys, two, seven, will stay here. Me and the boy will go up to worship the God and come back. Now, what happened? When he does everything, he put the wood on the top of his sky. His son, probably about 15, 16, 17, between that age. Because he's old. He's an old boy. Put the woods on it. Abraham got the fire and a knife. And, uh, and they woke up. And uh, the boy said to him, Daddy, oh, we got the wood, the fire, and the knife, everything. Now where's the lamb? For the burnt offering. And he said, God alone will provide the lamb. Did you hear that? He didn't even see the lamb. He didn't even see where, where's the lamb. But he know by faith, God will provide. So he took off. He went up on the mountain, everything done, the woods, and he kept the boy. And put it on the, on the thing, on the altar. And he kept the knife. Now let me say this to you again. He took the wood, the boy, took the wood up to the mountain to make a sacrifice. The same thing relationship of Jesus Christ and his Father in heaven. The same place where Jesus took the cross to the man Moriah for the sacrifice for the whole world. Can you say amen? Isaac took the wood. That is symbol of the cross. His father had the wood, the knife, and the fire. The fire is to pick about the supernatural part of God. The knife speaks about the word. Amen? So he took the fire and the, and, 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 and the word. He carried the, the, the wood 
but God provided sacrifice. When he up, get up into the mountain, put him on the, on the altar and grab the knife. You know what? I really thank God that Abraham heard the second voice. Stop! Don't! Don't kill the boy. Stop it. Thank God that he heard the voice again. Otherwise, the poor boy is already killed. So he stopped the, the knife and he said, look at the, at the bush. There's a lamb there. Amen. So he grabbed the thing and make said, that's faith. I'm talking about faith. I'm just want to illustrate to you how faith works when you make those words into action. Amen. Because the Bible also said that without faith, it's impossible to please our God. Everything that we move as a church, faith. Everything that we've done, faith. You come to bring your tithe and offering, faith. You come to connect with home group, faith. You come to worship the Lord every Sunday, that's faith. You leave your house and you travel to the church, that's faith. Amen? So that was the message last Sunday about the, the, the church of uh, Sardis. Those people are very good in action, but poor to finish it. I encourage all of us as a church this morning, even as a, whoever is listening, when you start something, you need to finish it. Amen. Sometimes we start things and we let other people to finish. No, no. When you start something, I encourage you this morning, please finish it with a beautiful heart. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So turn with me in the book of Revelation 3 and verse 7 to verse 13. So this church, we're talking about the church of Philadelphia. Some people said that this church, uh, the name of this church is about brotherly love. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 uh, to verse 13. I'm just giving you some illustration before I get into this part of the the word to the church in Philadelphia the biblical city of Philadelphia was located about 28 miles southeast of the city of Sardis so it's not far away from Sardis as well it was the youngest of the seven cities whose churches are addressed in these letters Philadelphia was founded about 150 BC by King Attalus of Pergamon whose nickname was Philadelphus, not Philadelphia, Philadelphus, which means lover of the brother. And he named this city in honor of him. One feature about the city, which ties closely here in the Bay Area, was that the city was destroyed by an earthquake in 17 AD, along with Sardis and other cities in that locality, because this city was built on the volcanoes. Most of the others recovered rather than quickly from disaster, but after the shocks continued in Philadelphia by, for quite a number of years, with the result that he, with the people that, people had to flee the city repeatedly, Tiberius Caesar helped Nicosaria, a new Caesar, and for, for a while it bore that name. I mentioned these facts because they have 
a bearing on the promises to the church in this letter, as we will see. This church, Philadelphia, is unique among the seven churches because it is the only church that the Lord registered no complaint. Amazing. When I look at this church, how they act, it's so beautiful. It's like a favor of God in this church because there are people there very faithful in His word. Not just uh, very action, action with faith. That's beautiful. The only church that has the Lord registered no complaint against. This is the church that delights Christ. I have noticed something interesting in reading the various commentators of this letter. The Baptist commentators make the church appear to be the Baptist church. Praise God, this is the Baptist church. <laughs> I am the Baptist. Hallelujah. While the Presbyterian commentators make it sound Presbyterian. Wow. My own conviction is that the full name of this church was probably the Philadelphia Bible Church. Which is, when I'm talking about that, it's a people they get into the Word of God. As we mentioned in Joshua 1 verse 8, that is the, the successful and prosperity of any person or any church that meditate on God's Word. Amen? Hallelujah. The Lord presents himself to this church in very unusual way. Seen in verse 7 of chapter 3, Revelation. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, which is Jesus Christ, who holds the key of David. Beautiful. Isaiah 22, verse 22. I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. The key of salvation. What he opens, this is what he said, what he opens and no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open it. Revelation 3 again, verse 7. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shut, no one can open except God. So beautiful. This key that we're talking about means the door of salvation to anyone. That is the key that he gave to, to David. This is an opportunity for everyone and on anyone. And no, no one can close except Jesus. Because Jesus loved those who, lo who holds on to his word and his name. Do you remember after Jesus preaching the, the message on the crowd? And uh, he turned around and he said to the disciple, What do people say about me? Some of the disciples said, Some of them uh, said, You are a John. Some say, You are a, one of the prophets. But he turned around to Simon Peter and he said, What about you, Peter? What do you think who I am? And my, Peter might say to him, oh, I got you, man. He said to Jesus, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus turned back to him and said, Blessed are you, Simon Peter, because it's, it's not any man or any blood and flesh that revealed to you, but my Father in heaven gave you the revelation. And he said, And on the revelation that you said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. So don't worry about you. God already prayed for you. You are a church. Myself and you are, you are a church. Amen? Because Jesus knew that this church, Philadelphia, 
they still have the little faith in their heart. Means they have a little stability in their faith. Wow. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please our God. Amen. In all other letters, our Lord used a symbol to describe himself that come from the vision John had of him, recorded in chapter 1. In this letter, however, Jesus makes no reference to that vision. He uses other titles to describe himself. He tells them plainly who he is and what he does, who he is, the Holy One, morally perfect. His character is without flaw or blemish, and he is trinary reality. He is the true one, the one all that really exists. That is who he is, what he does, is he holds the key of David, as I said before. That is the reference to an incident recorded in chapter, uh, verse 22. The 22 of Isaiah. Chapter of the prophecy of Isaiah. In the days of Hezekiah, the king, there was a, a courtier, we would call him a chief of staff. For he was in charge of the palace, whose name was Shepna. He had been caught in a personal scam, run for his own benefit, and as a result, God say, says a very unusual, very descriptive thing about him. I will take him and whirl him around and around like a discus thrower. Remember that discus thrower? Like you can turn around and swing. And hurl him into a far country. Isaiah 22 verse 18. It was a prediction that he would be sent into Babylon and he would be replaced by a godly man named Eliakim. Of whom God said, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. You know, this is what Jesus said, the, the, the same thing to, to Peter. I am going to give you the keys of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth, on earth will be loose in heaven. It's the same key when you accept Jesus into your heart, the same key God will give it to you. The keys of heaven. One of the meaning of the key is the power and authority and the salvation of Jesus Christ. That is the mention of Jesus is salvation. Amen? Our Lord refers back to that passage in Isaiah and, and applies to himself. I am the one who shuts, Jesus said. And no one can open and opens and no one can shut. He will... He will cannot be opposed. He governs the events of history on earth. He will open some doors. He will close other doors. What he opens, no one can close it. It's only God. Hallelujah. That's how powerful he is in our life. Thank God that we're not doing this ministry alone by ourselves because otherwise we will never exist. We can't go anywhere. But with him, Jesus said, we can do all things through Christ Jesus, as Apostle Paul said. What he shuts, no one can open. No human power can contravene what he determines. Now he tells the church, beginning in verse 8, how he will use this power and shut as well. God's favor was upon this church of Philadelphia. Why? Because I know your deeds, he said. I have a place before you, an open door. No one can shut it, and I know that you have a little strength, look, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Hallelujah. 
The, this is amazing thing. When God opened the door, nobody can close it. When he closed the door, no one can shut it. God alone, he has the authority. Jesus said, my father in heaven gave me the authority for, of heaven and on earth. Look at that. The same thing God's going to give it to you and everyone that believes in him. God always moves in his time and season. In a church like, like the church of Philadelphia, the Lord says he will open doors of ministry and service. Wow. And no one can shut them. The Apostle Paul uses this analogy about himself. On his second missionary journey to he tried to go into the province of Asia to preach the gospel. This is an example. But as was forbidden by the Holy Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit said to him, don't. On his journey. What's this? It was a shut door. Then he tried to go into Bithynia on the south, southern shore of Black Sea, but was not allowed by the Lord. Another shut door. But when he came to Troas, he had a vision of a man from Macedonia, and he learned that the Lord had opened a history of the whole Western world, affecting all the civilization since that time. It was an open door of tremendous significance, which the Lord had opened to Paul. Hallelujah. Again, can do to any one of us in our church, planting churches, but praise God, there's no things like happening in Australia. We have an opportunity to plant churches, to, you know, preach the gospel anywhere. There's no persecution here in Australia. It's a time for us to reach out as many as we can at this point of time while in a lockdown. Thank God that the message now is not stopping in our four walls. It's around our nation and around the globe. Amen. So that's why I'm so excited about it. Tremendous significance which the Lord had opened up for Paul. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, he says of Ephesus, the capital of Asia, a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. So the door which had been closed to him once was opened to him later by the Lord. Hallelujah. We are seeking, unusual in this time today, without any announcement, the Lord has to everyone's surprise. Open doors in Poland, East Germany, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, doors which had been closed for decades. Yes, but God opened doors in His time. It is wonderful to see how the people are responding to that open door, yet not far away from these countries, in a closed door, Albania, on the shores of Adriatic, is the most closed country in the world to the gospel. Christians are forbidden to practice their faith there. No churches are allowed. It is tightly closed door. There are other countries of Eastern Europe that remain closed as well. We are encouraged to pray for this. But it takes the one who opens and no man shuts and shut no man open for those prayers to succeed. So my encourage for all of us, you just do what you can, myself as well. We can just pray and pray and knock, but allow God in his time to move. 
because his time is so perfect, so beautiful. Amen? So we can do whatever we, we can. Like Apostle said, I'm planting a seed. My son Apollo will water it, and God will make it grow. Did you see that? Hallelujah. We will never make the church grow. He is. The words I know that you are little faith strength. It's not what the Greek text says. I am sometimes amazed at this modern translation. There is no word in Greek I know. What it really, what it literally says is because you have a little faith and have kept my word and have not denied my name, the church has been given the reason why the Lord opened the door of them. What the text actually says is, I have placed before you an open door that no one shut because you have little faith. And I gave my word, not deny my name. So that is the, the blessing of this church. It's like a favor of God upon Philadelphia people because of their faith. They never deny their faith. That little faith, God said, praise God, continue to pray from that, to peel from that. That little belief, that little passion, little desire, God honor it. Because the Bible also said, again, I said before, without faith, it is impossible to please our God. I have placed before you an open door that no one shut because you have a little power and have kept my word and not denied my name. That teaches us something very important as a, as a Christian. It says that an open door is given when church fulfills the condition that will allow, to, allow it to move through the door once it has been opened. You see? Among those conditions is that discovered the power of the Holy Spirit. It is spiritual power the Lord is talking about. It is not so much strength as, as it is a power. The power obtained by faith, expecting God to act. Yes, individually in the church sense that God can do something. They look for an opportunity, a need to appear, and they respond. Hallelujah. The door opens to continue service, which may grow even wider so others may enter with them. That's what Jesus does to just say. Open door, the open door of salvation for everyone. I believe that Ephesians 2 verse 10 is, is in one, some ways the most exciting verse in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul says, we are his workmanship. workmanship. This word has also been translated in masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus into good works. That is why you have been made as a Christian, that you might be do good works, deeds of help, mercy, kindness, witness, love, comfort, counsel, and strength. That is what each member of the church is capable of doing. It. We are created unto God's word. Hallelujah. And then comes to exciting part which God has prepared beforehand for us to work in them. When you confronted with a need, it may appear rather significant at first. Perhaps it fairly minus profit. When you respond to that, however, it becomes an open door. Hallelujah. Means we may grow up of it which will challenge and encourage and bless you as you go on. Notice that the Lord says to this church, Peter, you have little faith. Look at that. 
You have little faith in Philadelphia. You have little faith Abraham and the church. You have little faith on any church this morning. That realistically stresses the fact that most, if not all, churches hardly realize the potential that they have for ministry. I have often thought that it applies to Philadelphia Bible Church. This morning, I have had the privilege of addressing to our Mount Refuge Church and of course all other believers that watching our service this morning that each one of you who know Christ has been given spiritual gift. Can you say amen? To bless people and meet their needs. You how few of us enter into this, what was potential reside in a single congregation of every word exercise ministry that has been given you to utilize the spiritual gift. Now I'm going to read this to you. Now this gift is talking about in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, 9 to 13. Now to each one of the, of the manifestation of the spirit is given from common good. To one there is given through the spirit of a message of wisdom. First one. Second one to another a message of knowledge. Means of the same spirit another is faith. By the same spirit. The gift of healing. By one spirit to another miraculous power. Another prophecy distinguished between spirit to another speaking different kind of tongues and to, and to still another the interpretation of the tongues. Remember that gift of the, the prophecy in tongue? If you can't, if no one can interpret that tongue, you can actually interpret it with yourself. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit, he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all these many parts from one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit as to a form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part of many. There are the fruits also the whole of the Holy Spirit and nine fruits of the Holy Spirit and also nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. He also mentioned at the Apostle Paul about the fivefold ministry to strengthen the body of Christ. Some of them have become apostle, and some of them become an evangelist, prophet, teacher, and a shepherd. Amen? To strengthen the body of Christ. That's what we here a lot of people are like evangelists, prophets, coming into our church and continue to strengthen the body of Christ. Yeah, they have been given to each one of us. He is hoping they will increase the potential for ministry. We need to remember that the presence of the Holy Spirit is promised to each church without any condition whatsoever. When we know Christ, the Spirit comes to live within our heart and to reside there. But the power of the Holy Spirit is given only to any churches who believe by faith, who learn and to keep His word and do not deny His name. Those four things are central in any ministry of, any, of every church. First, there must be the word. Always God plants His word and the heart of his church. 
like us. We must preach it. We must teach it. We must study it and truly know it by heart. As the apostle mentioned again, do not write the word of God into the piece of paper because it will tear off. Or if you write it in, in, in a tablet, it will break off. But it's good and amazing to write in a tablet of our heart. It will never forget. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It is not just for leadership, but everyone in a church is to know God's word. Hallelujah. Right from our children as well. Beautiful. I like uh, what our children ministry, I like it. You see, that's our church today. Develop when they're very young. When they're growing up, God said they will never depart from it, from his word. Hallelujah. I wish I can sing a song for the kids. The Bible is the most amazing book in the world has ever seen. It conveys insight into life that you will find in no other place. No greater university on here on earth can walk in and love it. We must soak ourselves in the word. Hallelujah. But beyond the word is the Lord himself. Hallelujah. 1 John 5. And I'm sweating. 1 to 5. In the beginning was the word. Amen. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That's a word. That's Jesus Christ. The word. In him, everything was created, were created. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. That life become a light of all mankind. The light shines into the darkness and the darkness never overcome it. Because it's too strong. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. More powerful. You also mentioned uh, that God's word is more powerful than a double to its soul. Too powerful than anything. It can bring life into our being. It reconcile us before God in this world. Hallelujah. It brings restoration in our life. Reconciliation into our life. It brings healing into our life. It stirs up our heart. Hallelujah. It is the words which enable us to know the character of Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at that. To have fellowship with him and do not deny that character in our life. Thank God. We are reflected in our life as all that, as all his name stands for. We are to know him as present with us at all times and seek to conform our behaviors to his life. Amen. Hallelujah. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but transform our mind by the renewing of our mind with the word of God. Those are the qualities it takes to enter into our open doors, which the Lord gives to a church and to the individuals in it. The second, the Lord says in verse 9, I will make those who are of synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but they are liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet, Philadelphia, who, because you are believers and continue to remain my word, and they will acknowledge that I have love for you. You see? That is the favor of God upon the district of Philadelphia. You know, those Jewish people, some people say that when you become Jews, you are 
the child of God. You're not. Even if you're a Jew, you can only become a true Jew when you give your life to Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't mean when you become a Jew, you're a son. No, no, you're not. Unless the Jews give their life to Jesus and believe his ministry, that is the son of God. That's why they call them, they call them Jews, but they are synagogue of Satan. Because what they've done is absolutely different. Not according to what they live. Because they don't believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. To the church that is responsive, responsive and ready to be used, the Lord will use his power to open and shut. To make the enemies respect them. Amen. And openly knowledge God, acknowledge God, blessing upon them. We saw this phrase, the synagogue of Satan, used also in a letter to the persecuted church at Smyrna. It referred to certain Jews in a city who claimed to be spiritual descendants of Abraham, but they're not. Actually, they were only his physical descendants. Yes. The attitude toward the truth of God was far removed from Abraham's faith. The Lord himself continually confronted the Pharisees who claimed to be an, an Abraham descendant. But Jesus said to them, you are of your fathers the devil. Yes. John 8 verse 34. So here, the city of Philadelphia, Jesus referred to this, to this Jewish opposition at the synagogue of Satan. But something amazing happened. What causes them to come at last and bow before the church and acknowledge, acknowledge God's blessing upon them. It is because the church responds to the opposition and hostility with love and with obvious knowledge of God, which these Jews do not possess. Every though they have the scriptures as a result, they come at last and acknowledge God's blessing on the church of Philadelphia. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 10 from the book that we use. Since you have kept my command, verse 10, uh, chapter 3, to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. This is another blessing for every one of us, even, even as of ourselves as well. God strengthened the church when they're going through trials. Why? Because of their faithfulness. That little faith that they have. So they persist, continue to hold on to what Jesus given to them. Amen? And that's why the door opened. You see, this is the only door that Jesus said, I will let the door open for you guys. No matter whoever came last, that is the door always open for us. For you, church, Philadelphia. This is the only church that is still open door for salvation. If you come late, it's still a, an opportunity for you. Today, the door is still open for you. Church and around the world, the door is still open for you. Thank God that the door is open. You know what? The book of uh, Amos chapter 18, if you can go back and read it. God said, I'm going to bring the famine to the world.
Wow. That's what God said to Prophet Amos. I'm going to bring the ferment to the world. Now this ferment is not about the, the food to eat or water to drink, but a ferment to hear God's word. That's why I said to you this morning, it's good to meditate on God's word. Keep this work of the Lord always on your lips, dipped it in the tablet of your heart. It will never forget it. Amen? Because of those times. Hallelujah. I will come also to keep you from your trial that is going to come on the whole earth to test the inhabitants of the earth. Every trial that you and I facing, child, sons and daughters of God, God will protect us. If he say to the church of Philadelphia, the same thing that said to us, I am coming soon, this is what he said, verse 11. I am coming soon. I encourage you, what you heard this morning, what you see our lives over this morning, Jesus is coming soon. I will say it again, he's near. Not soon, he's near. We are in the last days. If you look around the world, there's a lot of things happen now. A lot of disease, uh, coronavirus that we're facing. It's not going to be any cure. It's going to be getting worse. The enemy is going to be getting worse. It's what he does to destroy every believer. But if you keep his word into your heart every day, the door is always open for us. Just in case you didn't receive Jesus in your life today, Today is the day of salvation. Amen? This is what happened to the, door, the, the church of Philadelphia. They still opened the door for salvation to them. Hallelujah. I'm coming to hold on to what you have so no one will take your crown. I don't want to take my crown for somebody else. That's what I said. It's good when you start powerfully and finish powerfully as well. As I said, Apostle Paul always mentioned this one. It's not about how you start, but it's about how you finish it. How you finish. So many of us, it's good to start, but at the moment, I don't know where they are. When you start something, I encourage you this morning, finish beautiful as well. Hold on to your crown. I don't want to let anybody else to take my crown. I want to keep my crown. Free promise. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Look at that. It's an open, welcoming promise if you open your heart. Amen? We can all hear it, but if you don't open your heart, it's the same old thing. Whatever will be, will be. A pillar of my God never again will live it. I will write on them the name of my God. Wow. And the name of the city of my God the new Jerusalem, in your forehead, I don't know when your forehead or whatever, so long as you have the name. Which coming from the heaven. And I will also write on them my new name. Wow. Maybe in the name of the Holy Spirit, I don't know, because actually when you receive Jesus in your heart, the Holy Spirit came in you. It seals us as well. A new name. Wow. Beautiful. Which means I have the name of Abraham and some other name of Jesus. Maybe the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to all the churches and to us today. 
Amen. If you have that little faith, build from there. If you have that little desire, that little passion, that little belief, that little prayer, that little fasting, build out from there. Hallelujah. Continue to build up from there because Jesus will come and join together with you and build some amazing strength in your life. I was talking about the seven spirit of God. If you can have those spirit as well, well, it's amazing. Isaiah 11 verse 1 to 5. I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for those who uh, want to give their life to Jesus this morning. Even if you need a healing, I'm going to pray for you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer wherever you are today. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to thank you this morning. I want to thank you for your word this morning. I, want to thank you for I believe in, in my heart I that you died on the cross for my sins. I also believe that my sins are forgiven. This morning, I'm open up my heart to you, Jesus. I welcome you into my life, coming into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and the Savior of my soul. Help me in my walking with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I also pray this morning for whoever going through suffering, whether it's sickness, whether it's hurt, unforgiveness, spirit, whatever it is, Lord, this morning, I pray, Lord, and I commit them all unto you, Father, for the supernatural power, the supernatural touch of your spirit to heal and restore their heart or any sickness or any disease that they're facing right now in the name of Jesus. I declare the redeeming blood of your son Jesus upon every one of them from the past generation till now and the future in the name of Jesus whatever sickness whatever disease that damage the bloodline of these people right now in the name of Jesus or any wicked way of the enemy that damaged their bloodlines from the past generation till now and the future I declare tonight today the redeeming blood of your son Jesus over their bloodlines right now in Jesus name whether it's cancer, whether it's whatever it is, Lord. Arthritis in the name of I declare miracle healing upon every one of them. In your name, Jesus. In the precious name I pray. Amen. If you uh, live closer here in North Lakes, North Brisbane, and want to be a part of this ministry, please, there is a link for an online form and a comments below. You can fill it up and send it back to us. So we can get to know you more or any prayer requests we can stand together with an agreement with the word of god and pray for you if you want to in jesus name amen